Letters and Preface to The Life and Adventures of Kit Carson. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lynn Thompson. The Life and Adventures of Kit Carson by DeWitt C. Peters. Letters and Preface. Letter to Colonel Siren St. Vrain of New Mexico. Dear Sir, you were first among the brave mountaineers to discover and direct the manly energy, extraordinary natural ability, and unyielding courage which have attached to the subject of this volume, and, as among the first Americans who put foot on the Rocky Mountains, you are perhaps best acquainted with the history of the men who, for fifty years, have lived there. Christopher Carson, after a long life, now crowned with successful and honourable achievements, still looks upon you, sir, as his earliest patron, and places your name on the list of his warmest friends. Through a life of unusual activity and duration, which, reflecting honour and renown upon your name, has given you a distinguished position among your countrymen, you have never been known to forget a duty to your fellow man. For these considerations, the dedication of this volume to you cannot but appear appropriate. That he may continue to merit a place in your confidence and esteem is the earnest desire of the author. Fernandez de Taos, New Mexico. Sir, we, the undersigned citizens of the Territory of New Mexico, have been acquainted with Mr. Christopher Carson for a number of years, indeed almost from the time of his first arrival in the country. We have been his companions both in the mountains and as a private citizen. We are also acquainted with the fact that for the past few months during his leisure hours he has been engaged dictating his life. This is, to our certain knowledge, the only authentic biography of himself and his travels that has ever been written. We heartily recommend this book to the reading community for perusal, as it presents a life out of the usual routine of business, and is checkered with adventures which have tried this bold and daring man. We are cognizant of most of the details of the book, and vouch for their accuracy. Very respectfully, Siren St. Vrain, Lieutenant Colonel, New Mexico Volunteers, Charles Beaubien, Late Circuit Judge. The Author's Preface The pages here presented to the public form a book of facts. They unfold for the student, as does no other work yet extant, the great interior wilderness of the territories belonging to the United States. The scenic views, though plainly coloured, and wrought by the hand of an unpretending artist, inasmuch as they portray a part of the North American continent which is unsurpassed by any other country on the face of the earth, will not fail to interest the American public. In addition to this, the reader is introduced to an intimate acquaintance with the Indian races of the countries, which lie east and west of the Rocky Mountains. The savage warrior and hunter is presented, stripped of all the decorations with which writers of fiction have dressed him. He is seen in his ferocity and gentleness, in his rascality and nobility, in his boyhood, manhood and old age, and in his wisdom and ignorance. The attentive reader will learn of his approximations to truth, his bundle of superstitions, his acts at home and on the warpath, his success while following the buffalo and engaging the wild rocky mountain bear, that terror of the western wilderness. 
He will also behold him carrying devastation to the homes of the New Mexican settlers, and freely spilling their best blood to satiate a savage revenge. He will see him attacking and massacring parties of the white men travelling across prairies, and trace him in his savage wars with the early settlers and frontiersmen. In order to acquire these important data, that they might be added to the pages of American history and form a reliable record, it was necessary that some brave, bold, and determined man should become an actor on the scenes and among the races described. Such an actor has been, and yet is, Christopher Carson, the Nestor of the Rocky Mountains, and it is the experience as well as the acts of his stirring life which the following pages present. In olden times there existed in the Rocky Mountains a race familiarly known by the name of Trappers and Hunters. They are now almost extinct. Their history has not yet been written. Pen paintings, drawn from the imagination, founded upon distant views of their exploits and adventures, have occasionally served, as do legends, to adorn a tale. The volume now offered to the public gives their history as related by one whose name as a trapper and hunter of the far west stands second to none, by a man who, for fifteen years, saw not the face of a white woman, or slept under a roof, who, during those long years, with his rifle alone, killed over two thousand buffalo, between four and five thousand deer, antelope and elk, besides wild game, such as bears, wild turkeys, prairie chickens, etc., etc., in numbers beyond calculation. On account of their originality, daring, and interest, the real facts concerning this race of trappers and hunters will be handed down to posterity as matters belonging to history. As is the case with the Indian, the race of the Simon Pure Trapper is nearly run. This advance of civilization, keeping up its untiring march to the westward, is daily encroaching upon their wild haunts and bringing the day close at hand when warrior and trapper will depart for ever to their happy hunting grounds. With the extinction of the great fur companies, the trappers of olden time disbanded and separated. The greatest number of these men to be found at the present day reside in the territory of New Mexico, which, in the time of their prosperity, was the country where they located their headquarters. In this territory, Christopher Carson now resides. His name, in the Rocky Mountains, has been familiarly known for more than a quarter of a century, and from its association with the names of great explorers and military men, is now spread throughout the civilized world. It has been generally conceded, and the concession has become strengthened by time, that no small share of the benefits derived from these explorations and campaigns, as well as the safety of the commands themselves, was and is due to the sagacity, skill, experience, advice, and labor of Christopher Carson. The exploring parties, the expeditions here referred to, are those which he accompanied in the capacity of chief guide and adviser. His sober habits, strict honor, and great regard for truth have endeared him to all who can call him friend, and among such may be enumerated names belonging to some of the most distinguished men whose deeds are recorded on the pages of American history. His past life has been a mystery which this book will unveil. Instead of Kit Carson as by imagination, a bold braggart and reckless improvident hero of the rifle, he will appear a retired man, one who is very reserved in his intercourse with others. 
This fact alone will account for the difficulty which has hitherto attended presenting the public with an accurate history of his life. A few years since, the writer of this work first met Christopher Carson. It needed neither a second introduction nor the assistance of a friendly panegyric to enable him to discover in Christopher Carson those traits of manhood which are esteemed by the great and good to be distinguishing ornaments of character. This acquaintance ripened into a friendship of the purest stamp. Since then, the writer has been the intimate friend and companion of Christopher Carson, at his home, in the wild scenes of the chase, on the war trail, and upon the field of battle. For a long period, in common with hundreds, and we might with truth add thousands, the writer has desired to see Christopher Carson's wonderful career made public for the world of readers. But while this idea was germinating in his brain, he did not, for an instant, flatter himself that the pleasant task would ever be assigned to him. Finally, however, at the urgent solicitation of many personal friends, Christopher Carson dictated the facts upon which this book is written. They were then placed in the writer's hands, with instructions to add to them such information as had fallen under his observation, during quite extensive travels over a large part of the wild expanse of country, which has been Christopher Carson's theatre for action. The book is a book of solid truth. Therefore, the faults in the style, arrangement, and composition become affairs of minor consideration. For this reason, the writer makes no apologies to embarrass the critics. Christopher Carson physically is small in stature, but of compact framework. He has a large and finely developed head, a twinkling grey eye, and hair of a sandy colour, which he wears combed back a la Franklin mode. His education having been much neglected in his youth, he is deficient in theoretical learning. By natural abilities, however, he has greatly compensated for this defect. He speaks the French and Spanish languages fluently, besides being a perfect master of several Indian dialects. In Indian customs, their manners, habits, and the groundwork of their conduct, no man on the American continent is better skilled. The writer, while on a foreign tour, once had the opportunity and pleasure of hearing Gordon Cumming and other hunters of less note discourse on their hunting exploits. Furthermore, in our own country, while seated around campfires and in log houses, he has listened to the adventures of ancient and modern Nimrods in the chase. Besides these facts, he has both seen and read much of hunting exploits, but no hunter ever filled his fancy so perfectly as does Christopher Carson, a man who acts and never boasts. Without further comment, the reader is presented with the work, while the writer cherishes the hope that the facts which for the first time are given to the world will prove to be both interesting and important as jottings of history. The author begs leave to return to his friend C. Hatch Smith, A.M., of Brooklyn, New York, his acknowledgment for valuable assistance in revising, correcting, and arranging his manuscript. 196 23rd Street, New York End of Preface